when people judge others, it's not because of who they are as a person. It's because of the false image that they're putting off. Welcome to Becoming Legendary, a podcast where we talk with rad people from all over the planet about their legendary paths. That was Skylar Diem with the Early Morning Risers movement. Skylar and I had a really fun conversation where we talked about how to start your day off right, how to be the most productive version of you, and how to live authentically. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, let's get to Becoming Legendary with Skylar Diem. There are gold medals for down dog. Maximize every opportunity so that you can become you. Legend can become legendary. What adjustments can you make right now to make yourself 1% Your better? Your only goal is to be the best version of you. Skylar, thank you so much for coming on Becoming Legendary. How are you, man? Oh man, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Patrick. Yeah, I'm really I'm really excited for this conversation. So, can you start right in by telling me what your typical day looks like? Yes. Uh so I am a big early riser. Uh so I start my day pretty early. Usually during the week it's around 4:30 and for about depending on if I go to the gym or if I just do a quick at-home workout, my morning routine will take anywhere from 30 minutes or 40 minutes to, you know, an hour and a half. Um, but I'm big on morning routines. So when I wake up, the very first thing I do is I go grab a glass of water. I drink a full glass just to get rehydrated, get that inner bath going. Um, and then from there, I will head into my room and I will do a gratitude exercise. And I'm big on gratitude as well. I'm big on actually feeling gratitude rather than just checking off the boxes. And um, that just consists of writing down three things I'm grateful for. After that, I will read my goals. I have a list of about 12 goals that I'm continuously updating. And, you know, I'll go through those, read them out loud, kind of really visualize a couple and just get into the zone with that, get excited for the day. Um, after the goals, I will move into my movement. So whether, like I said, whether that's going to the gym and lifting weights or just doing some stretching at home or whatever the day consists of. Um, and then after that, I'll do a meditation. And the meditation will be about 20 minutes of just laying down and focusing on my breathing and some visualization. And once that's done, it's time to start the day. <laughs> I, I love this, right? So you've already done more than, than most of us are going to get done in a week. And, mm. and you're doing that before. What time, what time does the day start? I mean, 4.30 um, we wake up, what time do we get going into the rest of the day? Yeah. Uh, like I said, it kind of depends on if I'm going to the gym or not. Um, it'll be usually around seven, but like this morning it's kind of snowing near me. So I didn't get a chance to go to the gym. Um, so I did a really quick just stretching and core workout. So my day started around like five thirty this morning. Okay. I want to get into an awful lot of that, but I also want to ask you your focus and your, your kind of primary message to the world is this early, early riser, but do you ha also have a nighttime routine? Yes. Oh, yeah. And that's crucial, too. Yeah. Um, my nighttime routine, it varies in length, once again. But basically what it is, is around like 8.15 at night, I'll get off my phone. So I'll throw it on airplane, I'll turn it or I'll move it across the room. And then from there, I'll just go through my routine, which is usually just hygiene. Um, I'll plan out my next day. And then I'll spend the rest of the night reading a book. Okay. So, um, yeah. And then depending on how tired I am, I can either call it a night at 9 PM, 10 PM, just really whenever I'm feeling it. So yeah. I think that digital detachment at the end of the day is maybe the most, one of the most important things that we can do for our body for sure. It's huge. And, and the mind, honestly, yeah. just being able to disconnect from all that technology and whatever's going on. It's, it's so powerful. So 
It sounds like there's an awful lot of discipline required to make these things happen. What would you describe as the the key to developing to developing a disciplined practice like this? I think you just got to keep going at it. Um, from me, I was never a disciplined kid. I did not understand that world. I wasn't into personal development. And through just like a bunch of life events of starting to lift weights and learn to be mentally tough through joining the wrestling team in high school, having a great coach, um, through just trying to wake up early, getting an accountability buddy. It was kind of all these things that stacked on onto each other. So when it comes to building discipline, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent of just, you know, putting yourself through this stuff that's hard. And if you fail, that's fine. You just got to keep a positive mental attitude, keep going at it until you learn to develop that. Cause you will, yeah. you will. It's not something where if you keep going at it, you're never going to succeed. You, you will reach that point. Yeah. Do you, do you even believe in failing? Is failing even possible? I, I'm a little torn. You know, failure is a word, of course. Yeah. Um, but if you really fail, that means you took nothing from the situation. That means you feel bad about it. That means you're kind of just, you know, you, you back off. But yeah. I think what a lot of people define as failures, they aren't because you learn from them. Yeah. Um, and that's the major key is really like taking the time to analyze, okay, what just happened and why and how can I move forward from it? Yeah. Fail- failure really, really is the, the ceasing of the pursuit, right? So mm. if we, if we quit pursuing what our goal was, that's, that's a real failure. As long as we, as long as we stay true to the pursuit, it doesn't matter if we, we pursued wrong. If we're, if we're still breathing, the heart's still ticking, we have the opportunity to get right back on track. Exactly. I, I really love that. So I want to, I want to circle back to, um, to the, the mention of gratitude. Cause gratitude, I think is, is one of these really, uniquely misunderstood concepts. And I think, I think you called it out right away. You're like, I, it's not, it's not lip service. It's something that you really believe in. What brought you to the connection to gratitude? Like how, how did that become an important part of your life? I think again, it was kind of like a, a couple of steps. Um, so the first thing that really brought it to my attention was this book, The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And that kind of started my whole journey with waking up early and creating morning routines. Um, but after kind of going through that and investing myself more into the personal development world, that's what you hear a lot about. Like you hear some of the most successful people in the world, some of the most energetic and positive people all swearing by the fact that they practice gratitude. Like it's not just, you know, they write down what they're grateful for, but they really, really understand that they feel that gratitude. Yeah. How... How do you go about how do you go about really ensuring that you feel that connection that there that you've you've actually tied yourself to the to not just the words but the actual emotion? Yeah, I do a few things. Um, one thing I always like to recommend, something I do, is picture a life without that thing, mm. because you know we get so accustomed to our daily life. It's like, okay, well, what if I didn't have this? Yeah. What if I didn't have a bed to sleep in? What if I didn't have a car? What if all of these things weren't here? And that kind of brings you in that point of, okay, I can appreciate that because I can understand how difficult or how not as fulfilling life may be without that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then the second thing, I always like to put my hand on my heart. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a big connection there. There's kind of like a, um, it's kind of like a, an emotional message that you send your body. It's like magic. Yeah. You're (laughs) you're actually touching your skin and you're feeling that. And that's just like a message of self-love. Yeah. 
Um, and that may sound woo woo, but there's science to back that up. And it's like, it, it does help. If and you just do put it on your heart. Exactly. <laughs> do it. And it's legit. Yeah, try yeah. it. Try it. <laughs> Um, I really, I really like that. It's a very stoic concept of, um, thinking, either thinking about the things that you have, that what your life would be like without them, or actually taking the next step and like doing three days without those things, right? Like try living three days without spending any money. Try living three days without without using a computer try try three days without your car like we get in our car every day and we turn it on and then one day it doesn't turn on and we're like so mad we're like my freaking battery's dead my day's ruined and instead it's like yeah but the thirty thousand times you started your car before you just expected that to happen <laughs> how why <laughs> that's next level man i i like even just thinking about my life without some of this stuff is tough but to like put yourself through three days of not having that, like that's that's next level. Yeah, but it's such a it isn't it isn't. It, I mean, you have to really be into you really be into punishing yours. But <laughs> but I feel like for the first twenty four hours, like all right, it's it's weird. But by the end, you're like, eh, I don't really need that stuff. Like I, I'm like I'm still alive. Seventy two hours later, I'm fine. My my physical, mm. my biological being is the exact same as it was seventy two hours ago. And um, you you might be a little hungry, but you can do these things. Like I think it's really empowering for people to go through practices. I would say it's even harder to do the mental side because it requires more effort, right? Just Definitely. not doing something is. It's an extremist version of things, but the, the thinking through the process requires more effort. And I think that actually may tie you more emotionally to the situation. Definitely. And so every week I like to do a fast where I just don't eat food for 24 hours. Yeah. And that is another thing that bring you back to, you know, helping you build discipline. But that's another thing where if you walk into the kitchen and you have food to eat yeah. and you decide not to that's putting yourself through that position. And that's also helping you be grateful and it helps you appreciate food a lot more. Yeah. It's, that's actually one of my favorite, my favorite disciplines that I've personally developed in life is the ability to recognize hunger mm. and not give into it and just say, Hey, I'm hungry right now. I would really enjoy eating this chocolate treat that's sitting in front of me. But I don't have to and I can be hungry and there's growth in being hungry. It seems really weird because we're we're constantly in this pursuit of uh, fulfilling our, our desires in every way possible, <laughs> like life right now. But there's actual like there's actual um, real positive emotional benefit to saying no to something that you want and walking away. Definitely. I could not agree more. And that's something that, you know, I've started implementing into my life these past one or two years. And it's been amazing just how it makes you think about the world and how it makes you understand yourself as well. Yeah. So so you're you help people build habits and routines to increase productivity and at the same time reduce stress. Right. Is there one specific detailed habit that you have that you really feel like is the most important thing in your life? create a morning routine. Yeah. 100%. Morning routine, I think is the backbone of your entire life because that's how you start your day. That is, you know, making alone time every single day where you can be consistent 
Because you could say, well, I want to work out every day. And then if you wait till 5 p.m., have something come up at 5 p.m. Your boss wants you to stay late. Your friends want you to come out. And, you know, whether you decide to stick with the morning routine or do that other thing, you're still making that choice. Or whether, you, excuse me, whether you decide to go to the gym or do that other thing, you're still making that choice. Um, so with a morning routine, there's just so many benefits. But I think the best way I can put it is how you start your day is how you finish it. Yeah. And if you have a great morning routine, you're going to feel so much better than if you just kind of wake up, start your day, and then just go throughout it. Do you know what, like, was there a moment where you became this morning crusader? Oh, man. No, there wasn't one moment. Um, It was a long journey. So a little backstory, I used to hate mornings. Like, I was the guy who slept in till 11, noon. I was a guy who, whenever I set an alarm, I was snoozing it five, six, seven times. Um, but after reading that book, The Miracle Morning, it really put things in perspective. Mm. And so at the time, I had a friend and we were accountability partners and I was trying to wake up consistent. And again, it always came back to pressing snooze, to you know waking up and then deciding to go back to bed. But just through like consistently working towards it, through implementing a few key techniques, I was able to completely turn that around. And I, I think a big thing was I actually started Early Risers, which is my company, um, while I was struggling with waking up early. Mm. And I was on my Instagram posting a ton of motivational quotes at the time and you know, just being on that end and continuously saying, well, I am an early riser. It, it kind of shifted something within me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was, it was like a weird stack of where it wasn't, okay, one morning I was tired, the next I wasn't, and yeah. I got up. It was just like, all these things that added up. I also really like the willingness to to start something, right? So you, you said you you started early risers before you were really truly a perfect early riser. Mm. And I, I think too many people on our planet are seeking perfection before they start. And the reality is you're not going to find perfection before no one's perfect at something before they've ever done it. It's just, it's just life. And social media probably plays into that because we get all of these pictures of everyone's perfect moments all the time bombarded at us. But man, I totally believe in the start and figure it out. Do, do yep. something right now today and you might screw up. That's awesome because then tomorrow you won't screw up that same way. Yep. And I love it. And I always like to say, you know, Michael Jordan at one point had never touched a basketball yeah. and you think he picked it up and he was just the best. No, he got cut from his high school basketball team. Yeah. Like Muhammad it's... Ali probably at one point never threw a punch. Like yeah. the list goes on and on. It's so true. It's so true. You have to do something first before you can get good at it. Exactly. So on your early risers podcast, you asked this question about current obsessions. Yes. I want to know what your current obsession is. Oh, man. All right. Um, so, yeah, completely unrelated to health and wellness, but I have like this artist that I've loved for years. His name is John Bellion. And he, I knew him like ever since he was super small. And he's been blowing up. Like, I've saw him a couple times in concerts, and he just released a new album. And I was waiting for it for like months. Like, he was just doing these teasers. Like, it was driving me crazy. Um, so yeah, so that came out last week and I had like a small listening party with me and my girlfriend and, uh, just been listening to it over and over and over. Like, I love it. Nice. And yeah. was, was it everything you hoped? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cause he, he's the type of artist, like he has, 
he mixes a bunch of songs together. So like one's a rap song, one's like a super deep song, one's like a you just kind of want to kick back and relax. Like he's yeah. got everything. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. What what does a uh, a small listening party look like? <laughs> um just hanging out in my room, laying in bed and have, playing it over yeah. a speaker cool. and just listening. Yeah. Cool. Um were 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 you serving were you serving beverages and food? <laughs> no. <laughs> I should have though. That's a good idea. For the next release. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna. I want to jump back in. I want to jump back into to health and wellness. Sure. Um, in your life or in your experience, is there is there one thing that you can say has been the most important thing for you to physically stay healthy? I think it's nutrition. Yeah. Um, so I've you know I've been lifting weights forever. I've de- been dealing with nutrition. I've pretty recently gotten to sleep, and I think nutrition has had the biggest impact on me as a whole. Okay. Um, yeah, I struggled with pretty severe anxiety in high school and college and I was able to dig myself out. One of the big reasons being nutrition. It was just that foods that I was consuming weren't mixing with my body. Um, not only that, but you know, obviously if you eat bad foods, you're going to feel bad. And if you eat good foods, you're going to feel good. And I think just understanding that really helped me operate in a different way Yeah. because it wasn't like, okay, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat this food. I'm hungry. I'm going to eat this food. It was like, okay, I'm hungry. But this food is going to make me feel this way, so why would I eat that? Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's been powerful, and I, I think it was like, it was just it was tough at first because there is so much information out there. Mm-hmm. But if you just tune in with your body, I think it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Like if if you eat something and an hour later you have a headache, think about it. What <laughs> what did you just eat? Like why would it be doing that? And it's just a bunch of uh, trial and error. Yeah. It's interesting. I I think. There's a couple of things you said there. I, I think you're right. Listening to your body is one of the most important things and really being in tune enough with your body to understand the signals that it's sending you is really important to that ability to listen to. But also that there, you need a little bit of uh, mental space in order to understand the messages, right? So you, you, had, you had brought up that if I eat this, this is how it's going to make me feel. And that that requires some mental space and some mental discipline to be willing to pause, recognize that there are after effects from eating seven slices of chocolate cake right now. <laughs> and although in the moment, it's going to be a, a really enjoyable, mouth-pleasurable experience, mm. 30 minutes, an hour, 90 minutes from now, the, the, the experience of the mouth pleasure is gone and the, the physical discomfort sets in. And it's hard for many of us to, to have to find that mental space to be willing to think about the effects of food. Is there any practice that or any thought process that you can really identify that helped you get to that point? Yeah, I think it comes back to my anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, so anxiety is not a fun thing. And <laughs> when I had it, you know, I was getting to the point where if I did experience it, I would sometimes make myself physically sick. Like I would go and throw up. And, you know, when you're in that situation, you never want that to happen ever again. So when I started realizing, okay, this is what I eat and this is how I feel, it was like I can control, I can, I can feel better in certain situations. So like, for example, I'm not going to come on here and say I never eat bad foods. Like I never binge. I never enjoy myself. Like 
I will do that stuff. But if I'm in a situation such as today where I have a podcast recording with you, where if I want to, you know, perform at my best, it's just a thought. It's like, why would I make myself anxious? Like, I, I don't want to be in that situation. Yeah. Um, even not even anxious. Like, why would I even want to have, have a headache or have a stomach ache? Like, why wouldn't I just want to eat the foods that make me feel good? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and to that point, there are times when going out and going crazy, eating something that is like just absolutely un, just delicious, just eating something <laughs> that delicious is delicious is, is worthwhile. And the like experience of being with your friends is worthwhile and disrupting that isn't, isn't always worth it. And I think that's a big part of this is I think eating clean, eating, eating healthy 80% of the time, 90% of the time, 95% of the time allows you to enjoy those experiences when you, when you go off the rails per se. Definitely. Definitely. Is there any, is there, was there any food group that really was anxiety triggering for you? Yeah, I think it was the uh, the glutens, like not not all glutens, but like the heavily processed glutens. Like yeah. if I were to, you know, if I was in college and we would go out and get like a sandwich right before, you know, a night out, I would yeah. end up in that situation. Okay. Um, and then also the processed sugars, and that just never does any good for anyone. So, it's so true. <laughs> it's so true. Um, when you so you, how often how often do you lift weights? All right, so. Now I'll do it like two or three times a week. Um, but about a year ago, I suffered a pretty bad a shoulder injury that I haven't really recovered from. Before that injury, I was going like five or six times a week. Okay. So I was I was your typical meathead, yeah. honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you developed any type of specific recovery program process for for getting the body physically back and ready after after heavy workloads? I think it just comes naturally for me in terms of sleep. Yeah. Um, sleep was the biggest thing. And that's why I got injured in the first place. It was, I was working a full-time job. I was trying to start my company. I was still uh, trying to go to the gym. And I was getting like four hours of sleep a night. And I was just overdoing it. And I think that's kind of how my shoulder went out. Yeah. Um, but sleep is probably the number one for me. And then I'm also big on stretching now. I think stretching after your workout has like a huge effect on your body's ability to recover. And it's worked for me. So let's jump into sleep. Let's do it. Um, do you do any, do you do any quantitative tracking practices on your sleep? I do not. Okay. Yep. So what, what, how do you know when you, cause I think the majority of the world doesn't track their sleep. The majority of the world probably doesn't even enjoy sleep. Mm. Um, and I know I used to just dread sleep. It was like a thing that I would I would know every night I was going to have to do. And I felt like I was missing out on the world. And I'm That's the crazy. exact opposite now. <laughs> I cannot relate to that at all. I've always loved sleep. <laughs> so what – how do you know? What are, the, what are the indicators for you when you've had a really good, deep quality sleep? So number one, I'll wake up and I'll remember my dreams like very vividly. Mm. Um, and that's just because your dream stage is the deepest stage of sleep and it's just a correlation there. Um, number two is just how I feel. Yeah. And I, I think I've gotten really good at being in more in tune with my body. And, you know, I'll have mornings where I'm tired and I don't really know why. But for the most part, it's like, okay, I stayed up late last night. I'm tired. It makes sense. I was on my phone right before I went to bed last night. I'm tired. It makes sense. Yeah. Is yeah. There... So go ahead. Go ahead. 
Is there anything you do? Is there anything you do aside from detaching digitally to help improve your sleep quality? Um, more, more, less of what I do and more my environment. Um, so I recently just started blacking out my room completely because any light level can affect that sleep. Yeah. Um, it was, they had like a, there was researchers that did a study where they took this guy in this completely dark room and they shone a light the size of a quarter on the back of his knee <laughs> and his sleep was still affected. So it's like, you may not have that light entering your eyes, but you're still yeah. going to have your sleep interrupted. Um, yeah. so that was a big thing. I like to keep my room pretty cold. I'm not a big fan of like turning the heat up or anything. Cause when you sleep, your body temperature drops. So I kind of want to match that. Um, and then I have a salt lamp, which it claims purifies the air. There have been kind of people that have argued for both sides. Um, and then I'll try to open my window every once in a while. But with this winter weather, that hasn't <laughs> happened. <laughs> oh, that, what about uh, how do you do you have any type of um, timing of your last meal of the day? I try to cut it off like two hours before bed. Okay. Um, I usually cut it off a little earlier yeah. because just that's how my days work. Um, but yeah, I, I don't like to go to bed on a full stomach at all. Like that is not helpful. That's the thing that I've found that has really significantly impacted the, the majority of people that I've, that I've talked to is those mm. late nights. One, your body kind of re-glucanizes and re-energizes. And that's a, that's a bad thing when you're trying to fall asleep. And two, it just, it's using so, your body is using so much energy to try to digest the food that it, it could be using to help your tissue recover, your brain recover. It's just, there's a lot of recovery that needs to go on while we sleep. And diverting those resources seems like a terrible decision that we, that we often exactly. make. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I relate to that. I mean, late night snacks are the best. <laughs> yeah. They can be really good. Um, when you're looking back over the course of your life and kind of how how you've developed into this this thought leader and this early morning riser, were there were there any specific moments, people, impactful experiences that really shaped and shifted you that you look back on and just know that was a that was a thing that had to happen in my life? Yeah, definitely. Um, first one that comes to mind was the first thing joining the high school wrestling team and having an awesome coach. Um, I think just wrestling was a great sport to teach me discipline and to, you know, help me understand how you eat, how it affects you feel, how it affects how you feel. And it kind of just gives you a better outlet. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest or the next biggest, I joined a fraternity in college and I was always like a super shy reserved, like didn't want to do any, like didn't want anything to do with people I didn't know. Yeah. Um, and then gaining a leadership position in that fraternity really helped me get out of my shell. Um, even though, you know, it was just being surrounded by a bunch of guys, it was still super uncomfortable for me at the time, but doing so really helped me push myself outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. Um, those are the two that come to mind. I mean, I'm sure there's hundreds of people that have affected me. I'm sure there's hundreds of situations, but I, I think it was like all those moments where I was slowly pushed outside of my comfort zone, which has happened over and over and over again in my life. What I was just going to say, right? Your, your whole, your whole idea of early rising was outside of your comfort zone. Like you, you are someone that's clearly willing to go outside of your comfort zone. And, and the, the thinking about not having things is outside of the comfort zone. Where, where did you develop that? What, what, what gave you that ability, that inspiration, that power? I think it comes down to 
just wanting to run away from pain. You know, I, I think there's a bunch of situations. A, you can want to run away from pay, pain. B, you can want to move toward pleasure. Mm. And for me, I was just such a shy kid. And I remember just pretty much every single conversation I was in, I was just consistently in my own head of what does this person think of me? This person thinks I'm weird. I don't know what to say. I'm a loser. And when you experience that every day, for me, I was not satisfied. That's not what I wanted to think of life. Like, that's not who I wanted to be. Um so, you know, I just remember putting myself in conversations and just like making a fool of myself in my own head. I was probably acting completely normal. Yeah. Um, and just being like, okay, got to work on this, got to work on this, got to work on this. And like every conversation was an opportunity for me to kind of adjust the way I interacted with people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was just not being satisfied with the place I was in. Yeah. I really, there's something, there's something really genuinely authentic about about that attitude there's mm. this there's this there was a con man who um is just an an amazingly successful con man victor ludzig i think his name was and he was able to um sell the eiffel tower to uh, uh fictitiously sell the eiffel tower of course uh to a steel company um just one of his many things but he did that twice he 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 wow. sold the Eiffel Tower as scrap metal twice, and um, the thing about con men is the moment they're exposed, they leave, they run away to the next town, right? So a con man, the moment the curtain gets pulled back, runs away, and mm. I keep thinking about that because. The reality is we're all going to get the curtain pulled back on us at some point in our life. And what you're saying is that, right? You're saying, hey, I could have done this better. I could have done this better. That's you pulling your own curtain back. Whether the whether the other person in the interaction felt the same way doesn't really matter because you felt exposed. And instead of running away, you're like firmly, Rudy, planting yourself into that experience and saying, no, I own this and I know I personally can do better than this. And I, I just love that. It's just so authentic. Hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you. The the word itself, the word authenticity, how, how does that resonate with you? What does that resonate with you? Resonate with you. There you go. That's one of my words that I just can't say. There it is. <laughs> so um, how, how to, what does that word mean to you? Yeah, I mean, authenticity to me is, you know, it's such a beneficial thing to have. And that, that sounds like a pretty blanket statement. Um, but I think when people judge others it's not because of who they are as a person it's because of the false image that they're putting off like if yeah. if if you pretend to be perfect people are going to try to find areas of your life where you're not mm. but if you're just like open like this is who i am people respect that yeah. even if you have qualities that you know you don't like or that others don't like and you know I, I do want to say, like, I've never always been like this. Like, I have been the person that wants to appear perfect. For sure. We all have. Um, yeah, yeah. We and all want to We all want to be perfect. Like, yeah. there's nothing wrong with wanting to be perfect. It's pretending that we're perfect that's the problem. Yes, exactly. And I think if you can be your authentic self, that's when you create the deepest relationships, the most authentic relationships. That's when you can be more comfortable with who you are because – you know, putting yourself out there as not or as your complete authentic self and having people respond in a good way is 
like such a good way to assure yourself that, okay, who I am is a good thing. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm not where I want to be, but right now I have respect for my peers. I'm doing good things. I'm making an impact. Like, so what's wrong with that? Yeah. Yeah. I really, I really appreciate that insight that you shared, which is if, if you're constantly pretending to be perfect, if, if I'm constantly pretending to be perfect, people are going to look for ways to bring that down. And that is, it's so true. If you just expose who you are, then you're going to be judged for who you are. And you should be willing to be judged for who you are. If you're not willing to be judged for who you are, then, then make change. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> think like, think about all the people who get caught doing something wrong and think about the people who try to blame someone else yeah. versus the people who accept that and say, yeah, I messed up. Yeah. Like the people who say, yeah, I messed up. Everyone's like, oh, that's fine. Like <laughs> we're all human. We all make mistakes. But for the people who say, no, it was his fault or her fault. Everyone hates that person. It's, like it's so true. You lose all respect. You lose respect instantly. And it's, it's universal. I mean, we universally lose respect. And that, that's one of the favorite things that's ever, that's ever come up on this podcast or anywhere for me. So I, I really appreciate that insight. That's, that's brilliant. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Love to hear it. <sighs> okay. So I want to know a little bit more about how you got started. Like, so you've created this early risers movement. How did, how did you make that actually tactically happen? Yeah. Um, first of all, I had the right people around me and I think that was huge. Um, so basically a little backstory. I went to college for four years for accounting about two years in realized I didn't like it and didn't have the courage to change my majors. Mm -hmm. And I graduated, I got an accounting job and a couple months in, I was like, I can't do this. Like I didn't realize that, okay, doing this the rest of my life actually means doing this the rest of my life. (laughs) Um, so I reached out to a buddy at the time and I was just like, Hey man, like I I can't do this. Like we got to start a business. And so when I started early risers, I was doing it with someone else. Um, we've went our own way since then, but having him as a support was amazing. Like, I don't think I could have done it without him. And then second, I had another buddy who I went to school with, went to college with, and he dropped out and he started his own business. And basically everyone around me was ridiculing him. Like no one believed in what he was doing because he dropped out of school. And when you drop out of school, when you're a junior and you have a year left, people are like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, but event, you know, this guy's super successful now. And mm-hmm. when I decided to start my business, he was pretty successful. So it was like, okay, if he can do it, I can do it. And he also gave me like a ton of information. He helped me with the process. So it was having the person who'd been through it. Yeah. That could also guide me through. And that's, there are, there are two ways, right? There's the, there's the hard way and there's the, a little bit less hard way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and having someone who's experienced things help you along, there's no shame in that. Like I feel yeah. like it's one of my biggest downfalls personally is I really choose to do things the hard way almost all the time. Mm, and I relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of like there's a lot of uh selfishness in it because you learn a lot. Like I, mm. I learn a lot by doing things wrong all the time. But it also isn't the most beneficial for everyone surrounding me, right? Like I, I could have just made a couple calls and learned the things that it took me 24 hours. I could have learned the things in five minutes that it took me 24 hours to learn mm-hmm. to a 
to a maybe just below acceptable level. So I'm I, that's one of my focuses. I think going going forward in my life is being willing to not do things the hard way, <laughs> <laughs> and reaching out to those people who have experienced the things that you want to experience. There's seven billion people on the planet. There are very few things that we can conceive of doing that haven't been done by someone before. And I recommend finding that person who's done what you want to do and talking to them. <laughs> Definitely, and I think you bring up a good point too of. You know, you learn a lot when you do things on your own. Sure. Um, but at the same time, you learn a lot when sure. other people help you. <laughs> and I think there's a difference. I think there's a difference between someone coming to you and saying, hey, you need help. And then you reaching out to that person. Because yeah. I think it's it's less of like the information you receive and more of the drive for that information. Like you want, you want to learn, you want to grow, yeah. you want to develop. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Um, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask maybe, maybe two, two last questions of you. Got it. I want to, I want to know what's been the most challenging moment of early risers moment so far, early risers movement so far. Yeah. Oh man. Um, I think it all came down to my first blog post ever. Um, so just being an introvert, I hated the idea of people judging me and I hated the idea of putting myself out there. Um, but just like having the courage to move my mouse over the publish button. Actually, you know, that that wasn't that bad, but sharing my first post on my own personal Facebook and with the people around me. Got it. That was it. Yeah, that's way um, more intimate. Yeah, because, you know, you can put something out on the Internet, but until you own up to it and you say to the people around you, hey, I created this like check it out. Yeah. That's, that was scary for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big ask. It really is. Yeah. Uh, cause when it's just to the internet, right. When it's, when, it, when it's to the 7 billion people on the planet, you don't really have to provide quality content cause you're not going to run into all 7 billion people. But when yep. you share something with your friends, you, ha you have to know that there's value in it. You have to know that you're asking someone for their time and the time that they spend and invest in what you're offering is going to provide a return. So that, that I think is a really important part and a huge step that probably a lot of people skip is the share what you're doing personally. Mm -hmm. Let the people around you actually know this is the thing you're doing. Yeah. And it, it has been tough in the sense that like whenever you do start your own journey of personal development, whether that's a company or just improving yourself, there are a lot of people around you that you do have to leave behind. Yeah. And I think that now that I think about it, like that was one of the biggest challenging things yeah. um, was, you know, speaking to people who I thought were friends and kind of realizing, OK, they don't understand me anymore. They don't really support me that much um, and just having to let them go. Yeah, which is simplification of of all things, right? Mm -hmm. simplification of social interactions is just as important as simplification of your closet. And we're, we struggle enough just like letting go of old articles of clothing that we haven't worn in six years. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to let go of people. But there are certain times and experiences where you just have to be willing to simplify all things in life. And it, it mm. will make your life better. And we, we are getting one experience. So let's let's make those choices that allow the the best opportunity possible for this this time. Last 100%. question for you. Last question yeah. for you. Do you have any questions at all for me? Yes, I do. Um, first of all, have you always been this good at 
asking questions or and conducting interviews or is this something you've learned? Because <laughs> seriously, as like as my own podcast host, like you're skilled at what you do, and I'm I'm just interested. I appreciate that greatly. Um, I I honestly think I'm a terrible question asker. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so um, this is a skill set. This is a skill set that I um, I am really honing on developing. I'm mm. I'm a I'm an introvert myself. Like I struggle in conversations. So th- these like a- allowing these experiences to be public is um, it's a fun, <laughs> it's a fun little challenge for me. Yeah. And um, I that's that's super kind of you. So I <laughs> I cannot uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. And then the second question, I'm I'm curious, like, what do you enjoy doing in your spare time? Because I have a guess, but I, I want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I want to hear your guess. <laughs> um, man, the thing that I end up doing the most in my spare time is reading. Okay. Um, so the my my work life right now is very physical, and um. That allows me to burn off the the movement energy that I need to that I need to utilize, and um, what I like to really do is I, I love to cram my brain full of information, and awesome. <laughs> in some ways it's really good, right? There there are worse things you could do, but in some ways I also I I think me personally, and I know a lot of people that I interact with would do better to simplify that process as well. To really mm. allow more time and space in between the amounts of information that we pull in, we're living we're living in a in a unique time in human history where there is more information than you could possibly consume coming at you every second, and I think too many of us are trying to take in as much of that information as possible. So instead of drinking from a, a small stream of valuable relevant information to our lives we are standing in front of a fire hose and just getting blasted back mm. 50 yards so that's what that's another thing that i have on my on on my process of my goals list which i actually don't have a physical goals list but i i, I haven't mentioned this i wanted to from the second you brought it up so can we can we i promised last question but i'm gonna ask one more <laughs> <laughs> the goals list how do you how do you create the cycle, like what, what gives you the, okay, I've accomplished, I can pull that off. How do I add? What's your number? What, what, what is that list about? So I have a huge list of goals, just everything that I want, not everything, but most things that I want. And basically when I cross something off the list, then I'll search through that list and whatever sticks out. Mm. It's like, is it something I really, really want? Or is it something that's like intriguing me and I want to pursue? Yeah. And then I'll just replace that. Okay, so you have a huge list, which is like uh, the list that you pull from, and then you pull to a, a like a priority list. Yep, priority of I have twelve on it at 12. a time usually. Okay, yeah. so twelve at a time. And do you find that you do you create a hierarchy for that list? It uh, in terms of what's most important. To yeah, me, I think for the most part it comes down to time because I set deadlines for okay. my goals of like what I really want. So. Okay whatever's most in the near future, I'll kind of focus on more. Okay. Um, cause I have some stuff like the furthest in the future right now is in 2020, like the end of 2020. Okay. Um, and then the closest is by the end of this year. Okay. So it's like, I have, I have both I want to focus on. Yeah. 
I I love that. I love that concept. Um, it, it requires some. It requires some thought and organization, mm. um, and and some strategy. And and I, I that's those are all things that I need to incorporate more in my life. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely implement that into my life. Do it, I appreciate it. Awesome, <laughs> Skyler. I I can't thank you enough. I've I've loved this conversation so much. I appreciate your time so much. Thank you for coming on Becoming Legendary. Yeah, thank you so much, Patrick. This has been amazing.